1: You're about to experience a life-giving message from Bishop Kevin Foreman, the people's bishop and pastor of Harvest Church. We exist to lead people to totally love God, love people, and love life as one church in global locations. Find out more on our website at www.harvestchurch.church or get our app by texting the word HARVEST to the number 877-552-4746. Your faithful giving is how we continue to bring life-giving messages like these to you. So bless what blesses you in our app or online at www.harvestchurch.church forward slash give now here's today's life-giving message
2: For god's glory this is my best year yet to so the word i'm about to hear i believe i obey i manifest and that settles it in jesus name amen so father on this resurrection sunday we thank you that because you got up that means there's nothing we're facing where we can't get up because you got up, Father. You are our first fruit and guarantee, Father, that our lives would not have to stay the same. I pray that today, God, be a day of resurrection for everybody under the sound of my voice. I pray that where we've been discouraged, we get up. I pray that where we felt like going in the town, we get up. I pray that where we felt we weren't good enough, we get up. If there's anybody on campus or online where there's some areas you need to get up in your life, can I just get you to open up your mouth and say, because he got up i can get up oh you sit next to somebody that god's about to blow their mind come on open your mouth and say it again say because he got up i got up now listen 11 i already told you i'm gonna have you to say a lot because life and death are in the power of your tongue so if you're used to church where you don't say anything can i tell you this is gonna be different but i need you to understand it's bible because you're gonna have to learn how to open your mouth and declare some things Life and death are in the power of your tongue. So when I have you say things like my next 12 or my best 12, that's not for me, that's for you. He did not die just to get you out of hell. He died so that you didn't have to live in hell on earth. And that's good news for all of us. So so let's practice real quick. Say, he's going to blow my mind. Say, my next 12 months of life will be my best 12 months of life. Put a praise right there with that. All right, now let's make sure you're around some people who want to see you do well. Just elbow them or fist bump them and just say, he's going to blow your mind. You got to make sure you're around some people that are celebrators and not haters. Come on, look at somebody on your row, in your section. Come on, overflow. Come on, online. Say, he's about to blow your mind. Tell him and say, I believe your sequel begins today. Your next is better than your present or your previous. If you believe that for the people in your section, for the people in your row, for the people on the channel you're streaming on, hallelujah, hallelujah, All right, let's go to work. Grab a seat. So we're going to do that a lot in church, and I want you to know why we do it. I want you to know it's not just a particular style of worship. It is a principle of worship because the principle is simply making this declaration that we are following the word. And because he said, speak things, that we speak things. You are a speaking spirit, and everything and anything that is produced in your life is going to be produced because you said something first. You are not jump change. You are not a mistake. You are not a failure. You are not an accident. You are in the image and the likeness of God. Look at me. Even despite the mistakes and the failures that we have all made. And I I wish there were some honest people at this 1115 that can say, my life has not been squeaky clean. I wish there were some honest people at this 1115 that can say, I have screwed up and messed up. Guess what? But 2022 years ago, when Jesus hung on that cross, he had me on his Mind and so therefore watch me even though I don't deserve it it's his grace and his mercy that have been rewriting see maybe you think you deserve it but there's some of us that recognize come on California there's some of us that recognize that it's because of him that we're here it's because of him that we live and we move and we have our being you're not where you're at because of how good you've been you're where you're at because of how great he is somebody say thank you for dying for me let me make this make sense to you. We are in this series called The Sequel because our God is the God of a sequel. Always wanting your next to be better than your present or, and your previous. Look at me, it doesn't mean that your present is bad. It doesn't mean that your previous is all bad. It just means God wants it to be better. He is not a God that settles. He is not a God that just stays stuck and stagnant. If you want a stagnant life, you need to find you a dead God. Because the Jesus of this Bible that we believe in, he's not going to have your life to be stagnant. He's not going to have your life to be stuck. He's always taking you from one level of glory to the next level of glory. And you look at 2 Corinthians 3 and 18, it says this, we all with unveiled face are beholding the glory of the Lord. We are being transformed. Let's stop right there. Every single one of us is in the midst of a transformation process. And watch me, you may not be where you want to be, but you've got to learn how to thank God that you're not where you used to be. Why? I'm making progress see some of you are you beat yourself up because you're like man i've been doing this and i should be further along can i get you to stop looking at where you should be and thank god that you're not where you used to be i got one witness in here watch me watch me i may not be where i want to be but i learned how to shout and praise god that i'm not where i used to be and i may only be one step ahead but baby i'm at least a step ahead i need to check this room and see who can celebrate not your perfection but your progress i stuff i used to cry about i ain't crying about now stuff that i used to get mad about i'm not mad about now stuff that i used to snap crackle and pop about baby i'm so chill i'm not worried about it because i know all things are working together for my good fist bump somebody tell them you're making progress And don't ever let the enemy tell you that your progress isn't good. Don't beat yourself up and say your progress isn't good. Can I help you? Don't let people tell you your progress isn't good. Because people will say this to you. You're supposed to be a Christian. Baby, I am a Christian. And proof that I am one is that had you talked to me sideways before, I would have went oops upside your head. Proof that I made progress is that this time I prayed for you instead of... We're being transformed. So this thing is a process and because it's a process of transformation, this means that every day I have to be okay with the fact that I don't feel like I did yesterday. Every day I have to be okay with the fact, watch me, that I am growing. Every day I have to be okay with the fact that I may do some things that I look back and say, that was dumb. You ever look back on your day and you were like, that was dumb. Guess what? Don't beat yourself up because you're still being transformed. If you still have a pulse, this means Jesus still has a plan. Watch me. If he was done with you, you would have been a part of the million that didn't make it through the last two years of the pandemic. But for everybody that survived the worst two years of the last hundred years of human history, you owe him up. That's why I got up this morning. Why? Because he doesn't stop getting up for me. That's why I clap like I do. He doesn't stop clapping for me. That's why I worship like I do. He doesn't keep. We are being transformed. Look at me. Christianity is not about perfection. A lot of people will look at Christians and judge Christians and say, well, you ain't got it all together. Baby, bye. That's the whole idea. If I could have did it by myself, I would have. That's why I need him every day more than I needed him yesterday. See, I need Jesus like a fish need water. I need Jesus like hogging need dogs. I need Jesus like Ben need Jerry. I need Jesus like, like fried chicken need greens, macaroni and cheese and cornbread. Don't just bring me no chicken. You better bring me some macaroni and cheese, some greens, hey, some cornbread. It's bringing me some chicken. I need him, I need him, I need him, I need him, I need him. I'm being transformed. Look at this scripture. It says, We all behold in the glory of the Lord, we are being transformed into the same image from one degree of glory to another degree of glory. What is his glory? It's his goodness. Say his goodness. And this means every day I see just how good he is. And can I, can I use a word that's not a word? And he keeps getting gooderer and gooder. See, sometimes, watch me, it's gonna take you going through a negative situation for you to see just how good he's been. Sometimes you're gonna have to get in the car accident, get out the car and look at the picture and say, how the hell did I make it out of that? I'm not cussing 1115. Hell is a Greek word, Gehenna, which means hot tr- You're gonna look and say, how did I make it through that? You're gonna look back over stuff that thought you you were gonna lose your mind. And you'll look back and say, how did I make it through that? Every day, you are going from one degree of glory to another degree of glory. You are seeing his goodness more and more and more and more. And I like the word degree here because I think of a temperature. And when I think of temperature, that means every day the temperature's rising. This means every day I'm getting hotter. See, if they couldn't stand you last week, ooh. Watch me because I'll be hotter tomorrow. I'll be hotter on Tuesday. I'll be even more hot on Wednesday. I'm going to be for real, for real hot on Thursday. You're going to have to back up because I'm so hot on Friday. He says, every day I'm taking you from one degree of glory to the next degree of glory. One degree of goodness to the next degree. And on Wednesday, I taught you that if you still have a pulse, God still has a plan. But his plan is locked up in your seed. What do you mean by that, Bishop? Genesis 8 and 22. Can I teach you something, 11, 15? Anytime you see a two this year, you need to pay close attention to it. If you keep waking up and you see seeing two and on the clock, you need to pay attention to it. If you see two on your job, you need to pay attention to it. If you see two anywhere, you need to pay attention because two is the biblical number of witness, which means anytime I see two, it's telling me I'm about to witness something. Now, watch me. For many of you, you're about to witness the rest of this year be the best you've ever had ever. And I know for some of y'all that's hard to believe because you're like, Bishop Forma, you have no clue what I've been going through. Well, no, that actually is your clue. See, the fact that weeping may endure for a night and joy comes in the morning, the fact that you had to deal with some weeping is an indication that you're about to experience some reaping. (laughs) Genesis 8 and 22. This means you're about to witness something. While the earth remains, earth's still here, ain't it? Yes, it is. While the earth remains, seed time and harvest, seed and sequel. Another word for harvest is a sequel. Cold and, no, it's on the screen. Some of y'all trying to guess. It is, it's an open book test. Don't be that, don't be that student. Cold and, summer and winter, day and night, look at me, shall not cease. God says, this is how the earth is governed. The only way you see a sequel is you have to first release a seed and this is so much bigger than money look, look at me look at me you can't even catch your next breath until you release the previous one and some of y'all you sitting up holding your breath instead of living because you're so scared of failing what if i told you you don't need to fear failure for the rest of this year watch me here's what you need to be concerned about how am i going to contain and walk through all of the success god's about to drop I need you to prophesy over somebody next to you, elbow or fist bump them, and just say, don't be afraid of failure. Say, that's behind you. Say, I speak succession to your future. I don't even like the way they said it to you. Find you somebody that when they say that, they look so excited about your future. Say, I speak succession to your future. I your name's about to be brought up. You're about to see doors open. You're about to see favor find you. You're about to see opportunity open for you. And your next 12, they're going to be your best 12. Life and death are in the power of your tongue. You don't say it. You're never going to see it. I'm giving you all several opportunities to put this in the atmosphere for you. Watch me. Why do you have me to say it for somebody else, Bishop? Because that's a seed. And you want people to speak life into you, you got to learn how to speak life into other people. Stop wanting people to applaud for you and clap for you and you ain't clapping for nobody. Stop talking about I need people to support me and you're not a support to anybody else. He says, this shall not cease. So I gave you several types of cease. The first thing is what comes out of your mouth. The Bible says, um, um, Bible says this. The Bible says this, it says that life and death are in the power of your tongue, and they that love it shall eat its fruit. Now, now, take this principle before I go further into the seed. There are only two contrasting seasons of life, seed and sequel. And you are a farmer, say I'm a farmer, that has everything you need in seed form. One of those seeds I've already made reference to is what comes out of your mouth, right? This is why, when you, how many you have ever been negative? You know you needed to speak life, you know you needed to speak good things, but you just felt like, look, I'm going to be negative right now. I've had moments where I'm like, I know I need to speak life, but right now, it's about to get real ratchet up in here. Okay, I don't like, come on, Leopardy. Like, you ever known, like, you ever, like, maybe somebody you love, your spouse or your children, like, you knew you needed to speak life into them. But in that moment, you were like, I just, look. And you're like, I'm not speaking no type of life. I'm going to say stuff you ain't going to need no interpretation about what I'm trying to say. Why? Because everything that comes out of your mouth is a seed. Number two, your movements, the things that you do, these are seeds. The actions that you take are seeds. You cannot sow disloyalty and reap loyalty. Some of y'all say, Bishop, these people just ain't loyal no more. Boo, Are you? Because you cannot reap what you have not sown. You cannot get the sequel of a seed that you've not placed into the ground. You cannot, watch me, you cannot sow inconsistent and expect people to be consistent with you. See, y'all getting quiet through here because we always won't. And God says, if you want it, you're going to have to give it up first. Whatever you want to receive, you have to first release. Your management, how you manage things, this is the seed. Sometimes we'll blame things and say, the devil, the devil did this, the devil did that. Look at me, the devil ain't doing all that. First of all, he's not not omnipresent. He's not everywhere at the same time. So since the devil is not everywhere at the same time, what does this mean? This means that you got to stop giving him credit for stuff he don't have the power to do. See, he ain't messing with you and your neighbor at the same time because he can't walk and chew gum. How do you know this, Bishop? Because in Job chapter 1, the Bible says that Satan was walking to and fro on the earth, seeking somebody he could devour. He was seeking somebody, which means this mark don't even have a car. He got to walk where he going. Y'all ain't in it. me? He is looking for somebody that will give in to the temptation and give in to the desire. And here's why I'm excited about you. Even though you got close to the edge, watch me, you didn't give in. Even though you got close to the point of wanting to give up, wanting to stop, wanting to quit, you did not give in. Can I tell you, you are a whole somebody that the enemies of are... What is it about you that the devil knows that you haven't figured out about yourself? Maybe you're not trash. Maybe you're not junk. Maybe you're a curse breaker. Maybe you're a history maker. Maybe you're a line crosser. Maybe you're a boundary breaker. Open your mouth and shout, I am somebody! You don't attack, you don't attack, you don't attack a bank with no money. You don't attack a bank with no money. So for those of you where you keep getting these attacks that are hitting your life, can I tell you what that's an indication of? That there's value that the enemy sees on you that sometimes you don't yet see on yourself. And instead of saying, why me? I just need you to move different. I need you to say, look, come at me crazy if you want to, but you're gonna watch me move different. Maybe last year you would've went into a depression. This year you ain't got time for that. Maybe last year you would've got stuck in anxiety. You ain't got time for that. Maybe last year you were mourning who walked out. You ain't moving like that this year. This year you gonna say, if you ain't with me, baby, i need you i need you i need your, your, your kicking to the curb game to be on 10. i need you to be able to anybody that doesn't want to come with me into my future no hard feelings no love lost but baby it's 2022 which means i'm about to witness him fill the seat with somebody that adds value to my life and not just somebody that's present in my life your movements, your management your movements your management how you manage what you have. Some things are not the devil; they are just mismanagement. You can mismanage your emotions, you can mismanage your money, you can mismanage your future, and you have to be careful because the way you manage things is a seed. Look at the last two: ministry, serving is a seed. And for some of you, I'm going to encourage you. You need to get involved and start serving in church. And I know what some of you think. Well, Bishop, I just got some stuff. I got, I, I, ain't, I, ain't, I, you know, I ain't saved like that. Listen, what, what is it? That's not even me. You don't come to, uh, to, to get your life together to come to God. You come to God, and he helps you get your life together. See, your serving is when you say to God, God, you're giving me talents. You're giving me gifts. You're giving me skills. You're giving me abilities. Now, I sow those back into your church. I sow those back into what you're building. And if I build what you're building, he helps you build what you're building. See, some of y'all, you're trying to build your own thing, and God is like, but you're not building my thing, so because you're not building my thing, I ain't studying your pain. Studying is a southern colloquialism that means paying attention to. In the South, we say this, I ain't studying that. What does that mean? I ain't paying no attention to what's going on over there. Your mouth, your movements, your management, your ministry. You can serve. You don't have to be in Denver. You don't have to be in Atlanta. You can be part of our digital family, and you can serve. Here's the next type of seed, your money. Money, 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 money. Go. Y'all know that one, 1115. Pay attention. What you do with your seed, your financial seed, it literally produces sequels for you. A lot of people say, I'm just praying for a financial breakthrough. Let me help you. That is a prayer that is not going to be answered. What do you mean? I thought God answers all prayer. Yep, yeah, he does. The answer just don't mean he's going to give you what you asked for. You can call some. Listen, you can ask your neighbor right now. You say, let me get hold something. That don't mean they're going to tell you yes. Okay, try it. See how they acted like they didn't even hear you? See how they kept looking forward like, no, that was a joke. I ain't going to give you nothing. Listen, just because he's going to answer you does not mean it's going to be the answer you want. The Bible never says to pray for money. It never says to pray for financial breakthrough. It never says to do that. Here's what he said. He said, "Uh, watch me, give and it shall be given unto you. Good measure, pressed down, shaken together, which means if I want to increase my income, I increase my seed. See, you don't make your living from a job, you make your living from your giving. And when you make your living from your giving, this means, you. watch me, your job is never your source. So, so it doesn't matter what they're doing, you're not scared, cause you'll say, listen, I'm just here to get seed, this ain't how I make my living. Matter of fact, if you want the truth, this ain't just the seed for me to sow, this is the seed for me to build my business at the same time. I, I wish some of y'all heard me today, you're not there just to get no check, you are there so that you can get seed, so you can sow it. Your job is not your source. Your job is a resource. Then I taught you on Wednesday, there's another type of seed. Say another type of seed. This seed, watch me, it's your mistakes. I like this one because all of us have made mistakes. All of us have screwed up. All of us have dumb, done stupid things. I already said it. All of us have done dumb things. All of us have done stuff in life. where we look back, we say something like this. Had I known, then. What I know. Can I be honest with you? You wouldn't have done nothing different. You know why? Because here's what you I'm grown. I'm going to do what I want to do. Ain't nobody going to tell me what to do. Ain't nobody going to control me. If you're so grown, why you got to announce it? See, I got quiet. I only got one clapper in the building when I said that. All the rest of y'all still trying to get, get your neighbor not to, to stop asking you for something to hold. Look at me. The Bible says Romans 8:28. 8, 8's the number of a new beginning. Watch this verse speak life to you. And we know, with great confidence, say I'm confident that God, who is deeply concerned about us, mm, listen. This is a good place for you to get excited. Why? Because God says, I don't care who's not concerned. God says He's concerned. <laughs> look it doesn't matter if your father's not concerned your heavenly father is concerned it don't matter if your mom and them are not concerned watch me your father in heaven is concerned watch me i need you to be so comfortable and so confident in this that you could care less who is not concerned that your confession is if god be for me who would dare be against me open your mouth say i have great confidence about this that God, who is deeply concerned about us, causes all things. A mistake is a thing. Yeah, yeah. Now, how many of you can be honest that you've made some mistakes in the last seven days? Right. Okay, come 11 15, y'all for the lie like that? Right. How, okay, come on, let's keep it real. Because my, look, my hand going to stay up. How many, how many of you can be honest you've made some mistakes in the last five days? Four, three, two, one, today. When you're real, you can heal. So let me just say this. Whenever you're at Harvest, whether you're on campus or online, you do not have to play them church games where you got to pretend like you ain't never made no mistakes. In fact, I need you to be so real. Watch me that when the Lord looks at you, he's like, I messed with this one right here. What do you mean? The Bible says that there was a woman, watch me, and this woman um, that she came and she confessed and she told her whole story, and the Bible says that the Lord healed this woman because this woman was real. She was a woman that had an issue of blood for 12 years, and because she was real, she got healed. Listen to me, 1115, whenever you would harvest, whenever you were bishop woman, you do not have to play them church games like everything is perfect, everything is good, ain't no, ain't no challenges, because when you fake it, guess what, God cannot fix what you fake. I need you to learn how to come in here and be real and say, you know what, Bishop? Truth is, I wanted to snap, crackle, and pop this morning on somebody. But look, he calls us all things. Look at the next part of the verse. He calls us all things to work together as a plan for good. Let me stop right there. God says, I will take your mistakes and make it look like it was part of the plan in the first place. He is so good. Somebody said, How good is he? Amen. That he will take what you did that was wrong. What you did that was stupid. What you did that was foolish. And he will make it look like it was part of the plan in the first place. Every good cook in here knows any good cooks, you can cook. Who can wave at me if you can cook? I mean, I mean like cook, cook. I ain't talking about hamburger helper. I need you to that's warming stuff up. Okay. All right. I'm just I'm paying attention to these hands. I'm just saying. I'm talking about real biscuits. I ain't talking about in the can. I'm talking about real sweet potatoes, not the ones. And don't bring me no pumpkin pie. Listen, I don't eat that. A sweet potato pie. None against pumpkin pie eaters. But you, I'm just not about that life. You ready? Every good cook knows this, every good cook knows this, is that even if you make a mistake on the recipe, when you know what you're doing, you know how to take that mistake and be like, oh no, I'm gonna put, let me mix this in here and see if they taste y'all not saying that god is so good at what he does he'll take your mistakes and say oh no let me mix this thing up and it's gonna work out so good for them they're gonna think it was supposed to happen this way the whole time can i get you to hop ask somebody and say god is good at what he does yes he is he's gonna take your worst relationship decision and say no nah. let's mix this thing up and it's going to turn into their best thing ever. I'm going to take what hurt them and it's going to be what helps them. He'll take your worst business decision and they say, no, nah, let me mix this thing up. And what was supposed to take them down, is going to set them up. He says he makes things work together as a plan for good. To those who love God, say I love him. To those who are called according to his plan and purpose. Who is that? You. Look, I mean, you are not a bump on the log. You are not here on accident. You are not just supposed to pay bills and die. But that is not the life that he's... You mean to tell me he did all of this, walked through all of this, went through all of this betrayal and death and crucifixion, me, just for you to have some mediocre, mundane... I'm just happy to get by. That's a slave gospel. That's not a Bible gospel. The gospel of the Bible says he has come that you might have life and that you might have life more abundantly. But not only does he take your mistakes. Can I introduce this seed to you today? He'll take your miserable moments. Notice moments is italicized. Because misery is only supposed to last in the life of a believer for a moment. And sometimes if we mishandle it and mismanagement, what's supposed to be a moment will turn into a movie. What's supposed to be a moment, watch me, it will turn into a decade. What's supposed to be a moment, it will turn into several months. What's supposed to be a moment, watch me, you'll still be bitter over something that happened five years ago. And I need you to hear me. You've got too much living to do than to mishandle a miserable moment. Why? Because your next is gonna be better than your present or your previous. What's that called? Your sequel. And I came to tell somebody at this 1115, your sequel has already been scheduled. This is not it for you. This is not the end for you. Can I get you to open up your mouth and say, my sequel has already been scheduled. Look at 1 Corinthians 10, 13. Now, this was a letter that the Apostle Paul wrote to what's known as the Corinthian church. And this is what he says to them. No temptation. Now, if you grew up in church, this was always about sin. They was always just telling you, you know, I don't care how good them legs and thighs look. No temptation. Don't look at me like that. This is eleven Don't do that. Don't do that. They always talk about sin, but temptation here actually means trial. What is it to go through a trial? It means that you are sitting on a witness stand and you are being badgered by questions that are designed to break you down. For some of you, life has got you on trial where it is asking you questions that are designed to break you down, that are designed to make you question if you should even still be on the earth that are designed to make you question whether or not you're good enough, that are designed to make you question whether or not your life even matters. Can I tell you, don't you let them questions badger you. Can I preach like I wanna preach right through here? One of the terms for Jesus is that he's our advocate and he's our counselor. Pay attention. Uh, That word counselor there doesn't mean counsel like therapy. It means counsel like an attorney, which means he is, watch me, he's your attorney. So whenever I find myself on trial, watch me, I need to look to my attorney and let my attorney start speaking for me so that means your questions life's questions don't badger me and they don't beat me down I look to my attorney that tells me what did I just learn all things work together for my good I look to my attorney that tells me he makes me the head and not the tail but watch me not only is he my attorney watch me the Bible says he's also the judge too which means this whole case is rigged from the beginning for my favor because the judge is on my side the lawyer's on my side which means I walk out of here victorious So then who's the prosecutor? Revelation 12 says that Satan is the accuser of the brethren. That means he is a celestial prosecutor. His job is to accuse you. His job is to tell you you screwed up. His job is to tell you you ain't good enough. His job is to tell you your mama don't want you, this don't want you, this ain't that, this ain't that. His job is to bring up accusations against you. And you need to take a page from Jesus. When they accused Jesus, you know what he did? He said nothing. Nothing. Which means something's rather than you getting in a fight with the accusations coming against you. You need to stop chasing down lies, stop chasing down accusations, and just simply say... Why? I got an attorney. I don't speak for myself. Go talk to my... 11 15, y'all not saying that right through there. Go talk to my attorney. And matter of fact, once you talk to my attorney, you need to know the judge is on my side anyhow. Matter of fact, the judge is my daddy, which means if you think you're going to take me down, you got a whole nother thing coming. Why? Because my dad is sitting on the bench. I wish you'd have five somebody next to you say, it's a fixed fight. It's a fixed fight. Whenever you feel like your life is on trial, it's a fixed fight. But then look at the next definition. It means probation. Probation means you are set aside and you can't enjoy what everybody else is enjoying. You can see other people enjoying it, you can't enjoy it. Some types of probation, they'll put something on you and say, you can't leave this particular area. Don't act like this is the 1115. No judgment. No, 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 no. Here's the point, here's the point, here's the point. Probation means like, okay, God, I'm stuck in this little area. And I can't do what I wanna do. I see other people doing it. I see other people enjoying it. I see other people doing things. But I'm stuck in this little space. I'm stuck in this little area. I'm stuck in this little place of life. And I'm trying to figure out, God, why are you letting them enjoy it? And you're not, you ever looked at somebody else winning and you were like, I'm not a hater, God, but, but when is my win coming? Okay, let's go deeper. You ever look at somebody else and you're like, God, that's cool what's happening for them, but God, let's tell the whole truth. God, I ain't saying they awful. I'm just saying they ain't good. So y'all don't want to be real. Because every single one of us, on campus or online, we've looked at other people, and when we looked at other people, we're like, okay, God, okay, I'm not a hater, but this is what it takes to win. Okay. He says no probation. No, no, no time when you feel like you're stuck in this little place of life. For some of you, you feel like the city you're in is probation. <laughs> Thank you! For Some of you, you feel like the city you're in is probation. You're like, God, when are you going to let me out? You feel like the job you're on is probation. Cause you know you have gifts, talents, skills, and abilities that exceed and you're watching them promote people over you who, who don't even know what to do. You know you're not perfect. Let me talk to my single people for a moment, but you can feel like sometimes you're in probation. Cause you're like, God, I know it's plenty of fish in the sea, but doggone. All these catfish, what do you mean? They presented themselves to be one thing, but then when I saw who they really were, they were something else. Jeez! No trial, no probation, no testing, no being tried. Mm no calamity no affliction has overtaken you look at me you are not overwhelmed you are not overtaken it just sometimes feels that way but you are not that way it is a miserable moment but that moment you cannot allow that moment to overtake you somebody say it's just a moment One week ago today, I was telling you, last Saturday I was exercising. I done my 15 miles. I was on my way back home to get ready for, to, to do preview on Saturday nights. We do a preview of the, of the next day's message. We're going to do that uh, for a few more weeks. And, uh, and I was on my way back home to do that. And all of a sudden, out of nowhere, I had this pain in my foot. And I've never had a surgery. I ain't never had no broken nothing. So if I have any little thing happen, I'm like, yep, oh, yep, yeah, yep, yeah, I'm coming. I know some fellas aren't that way. Look, fellas, I, I, I did not get that. Ain't had not the Lord deal with me. Look, my thing, look, I don't care. Look, if my neck ain't twitching right. Yeah, doc, you're going to need to check something out. It's not twitching right. It ain't moving right. So I had this pain last on uh, Saturday, and I thought it'd go away. I thought the pain would go away. I thought the pain would go away. Uh, and then after I thought the pain would go away, it didn't go away. So Sunday I came, I preached, I did both experiences, and then, um, and then met and did all that. And I'm like, okay, the pain gonna be good. Then I had another meeting after that, I'm at a restaurant, and I thought, okay, the pain gonna go away. Pain was so bad, one of the preachers, that, he was 75, he said, Bishop, he said, you, you walking like you older than me. I had a little gangster lean on, you understand? you know, where you you don't quite walk, you just quite, you know, you shuffle your feet. So it was was super painful. Come Monday, I was like, oh my God. And so I'm praying, and I'm like, Lord, look, I don't know what this is, but I've never felt, this pain was intense. I couldn't even walk. I was walking around my house. Don't y'all judge me? This is the 1115. I'm walking in the kitchen. I'm moving over like this. I'm, I'm like, this is crazy. And I'm like, this is so painful. So I'm like, look, I, I, I got I, I to gotta do something about this because this is crazy. So on Tuesday, I said, look, y'all need to x-ray, run everything, every but a MRI, a IRS, the, a, the, the x-ray, space, whatever you got to do. You bring every surgeon, every doctor. I said, because I got stuff to do. I said, I don't have time to be limping around. They ran it. Everything was good. By Wednesday, I felt much better. By Thursday, I felt much better. Friday, I was good. Saturday, I was good. Listen, watch me. It was a miserable moment that had I mishandled that moment, it could have turned into something far worse. If I look at me, don't let your miserable moments turn into something far worse because you overreact. Come on, elbow somebody next to you, say, do not overreact. Because when you overreact, you're letting it overtake you. And I need you to stop over, oh my God, what am I going to do? You're going to win the same way you won last time? Oh my God, what's happening? You're going to handle it the same way you handled it last time? It says, nothing has overtaken you except as such as common a man, but God is faithful. Look at this. It says in the next part, who will not allow you to be tempted beyond what you are able. Open your mouth and say, I am able. But with the temptation will also make a way of escape. What is that? A sequel so that you may be able to bear it. Say this, I got this because God's got me miserable moments feel dark but seeds only turn into sequels in the dark when you think of a seed you drop a seed where do you put a seed you put it in dirt what is dirt it's dark what is dirt it's alone what is dirt it's moist what is dirt it feels awful like let's just be honest um None of us like dark moments. None of us like dark moments. Just tell the truth. Even for the darkest person up in here. And I don't mean skin tone. I mean, you know, just some people just dark. Everything, you know, you, you, you say, oh, yep, yep. Could have been worse. I could have died. Got hit by an 18-wheeler. Like, that's dark. That's what I mean. Yeah, man, somebody's just, just dark. I mean, everything's just dark. You know, yeah. How you doing? Huh?
1: <laughs> well, huh, I'm back
2: at you. I don't understand. Trust me, none of us like dark moments, but seeds turn into sequel in the dark. But out of the dark, your seed cannot turn into a sequel. Your seed cannot produce anything. Pay attention. Jesus, here it is, 2,022 years ago, was in a miserable moment. Here he is, God in a body. The term for that is theanthropos, which means God-man. 100% God, 100% man. Someone's man, you can't believe he's God. Someone's God, you can't believe he's man. He's that dude. I mean, he is the one everybody wants to be. People see him, they look at him and say, who is that? I mean, he, he's he, he's that guy. And, and 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 he's in the midst of a miserable moment at 33 and a half. At 33 and a half, he goes through a miserable moment. Today, they might call that a midlife crisis. He, he goes through a miserable moment, watch me, where Jesus has now been betrayed. He was betrayed by somebody, watch me, that he helped. Can I help you? You're only going to be betrayed by the people that you help. You can never be betrayed by a stranger. You can never be betrayed by someone that's not sitting at your table. Why? Because to betray means that means you took advantage of my trust. It means that you took advantage of my belief. Watch me. You are never betrayed by strangers. Betrayal only happens by people that were sitting at your table, eating your food. And I need you to hear me. Betrayal comes with your seat. He's been betrayed. How does he get betrayed? Judas, the Bible says, he goes and he talks to the enemies of Jesus. Pay attention. You can always tell when people are about to betray you because of who they become friends with. (laughs) 15. It should be no secret to you that betrayal was coming. Why? Because look at who they now buddy to buddy with. And can I tell you, if you are friends with my enemies, you have just made yourself my enemy because you don't get to play both sides. I don't do 50 shades of gray. Ain't no gray around him. It's either black or white. So, so pay attention. So Jesus has now been betrayed. Judas goes and has a meeting. He has a meeting and uh, they said, listen, if you betray Jesus to us, we're going to hook you up. We're going to give you some money, which means Jesus had relationship with Judas, but Judas had transaction with Jesus. You will always be betrayed by people when it's one thing for you, but it's something else for them. Don't overplay your hand in somebody's life. So he gets betrayed, and we all have. Watch me, he gets betrayed. When he gets betrayed, Judas runs up. Give me some of you singers. Judas runs up, and when Judas runs up, he runs up with this this group. Because watch me, betrayers, watch me, betrayal, Watch me, and betrayers, pay attention, they always have a band to go with them. Watch me, they always go get a group, why? Because they ain't going to say it to your face by themselves. They get a little click together, y'all not going to talk, they get a little group together. They calling you on three-way calls and got other people muted. Baby, I'm not in high school, say what the heck you got. That's what they do. So, so Judas, them, show up. Judas, them, show up. Judas, them, up. Come here. Judas, them, show up. So in this example, I'm going to play Jesus. All right. I'm just playing Jesus, okay? All right. All right. Now watch me. They come together. They all run up on you. and They run up on you. And, run. and Jesus is like, what is all this? What, what, what is all this? He said, every day you've been walking with me. He said, why didn't you do this before? Watch betrayal because certain people will start feeling themselves. And they'll sense that it's their moment. Because now, watch me, you were worth nothing to the people against Jesus, the Sanhedrin is what they were called. You were, you were worth nothing to them until you got around me, Judas. Watch me, your value only increased because of your proximity to me. Can I help somebody understand something right here? Let me parenthetically insert this. For some people, they didn't have any sense of value until they got around you. They didn't have any sense of worth until they got around you. And they started leeching life from you. So Jesus is like, so Jesus is like, so Jesus is like, what is all this? And Judas walks up to him and Judas walks to him, don't do this because I don't want this to be prophetic. Because I'll cut you. Excuse me, did I say that? What I mean by cut is a Hebrew word. Somebody I know. Things happen to people all the time. Listen, Judas comes up to him. And he kisses Jesus on the face, which, which was normal. That was a normal Hebrew way to greet. But why was he doing that? You only did that to somebody you regarded as a brother. To somebody you regarded as family. So when Judas kisses Jesus on the face, here's what he's doing. He's trying to get Jesus to be emotional. Why? So he mishandles this miserable moment. Because here's what Judas was helping you. Why you do me like this? not believe you did me like this. I've been there for you. You didn't have nothing. I took care of you. Mama Nim was gone. I made sure you had what you needed. I've been there for you. I loved you. He wanted Jesus to break down and get emotional and mishandle the moment when he needed to move forward. I'm so glad that you didn't break down and mishandle the moment and get overly emotional. Uh-uh, uh-uh. For everybody... In this building and online where you've had some situations over the last 12 months that almost made you break down and get overly emotional and mishandle your moment? Can I get you to worship God for three seconds? Why? That you did not break down. Go. Three. Two. You didn't. You didn't. So he's betrayed. And then Peter. Come here, Pete. You're going to be Pete. Peter. <laughs> Peter. Peter. Peter's with Jesus. Now, Peter, I like Peter because Peter's a thug. And if you're not a thug, you need to have some thugs around you. What do I mean by thug? If, if you're not confrontational, you need somebody that's confrontational around you. I'm trying to help you. If you're not, con- watch me, you need to have people that, that they're them ones. Like, it don't take nothing for them to do. What? what what's he say? Huh? Is there a problem? This is the 1115. I think most of y'all are audience ones. Y'all ain't saying that that to me. Oh, wait a minute. Is there a problem in here? Do we need to step outside and have a conversation? This is the 1115. Pay attention. Peter is that dude. Peter was a fisherman, he was used to rough stuff, he was used to, so Peter Peter came, Peter had a knife, but watch me, but Peter, watch me, but Peter took one of Judas's people's knives, he took one of their knives, watch me, and then he took it, and then he went for the man's, watch me, for the man's ear. No, no, be more dramatic. This is Judas, so you can't, it's not him, it's him. Now, now be, no, 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 no. We're gonna we're gonna get this right today. We're gonna get this right today. We're get this right today. come on now. You're Peter. I need you to channel your in, channel your inner trench. There you go. There you go. Give me a little bit of minister society. Give me just a little bit of that. Give me a little bit of that. Mix with the little boys in the hood. All right. Come on. Come on, come on. Come on. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Okay. But that ain't dramatic enough. I need come on, y'all. Y'all, this is my preaching time. I need you, I need it I need you, I need you, I need you to get You ready? You ready? Boom. Ah, there we go. Come on here. They're going to get it right today. Now pay attention. The Bible says it takes his ear off. You don't aim for a ear. You aim for a head. He turned his head so Peter only got his ear. Peter was ready to cut him. I'm not endorsing violence. Watch me. Jesus, he says, stop, Pete, uh, always, stand over here. We're always fighting. He so said, you're going to deny me before the day over anyhow. Don't fight for me just because there's a crowd. Because you're performing. You ready? Jesus <laughs> grabs the man's ear. <laughs> it was like a Tyson Holyfield. fight." grabs the man's ear he puts his ear back on i mean how cool do you have to be that you're in the midst of being betrayed and you still healing here's what's so amazing about the person sitting next to you, you we're almost done 11 15 is that even in the midst of your challenges the person next to you didn't stop doing good they didn't stop helping people they didn't stop blessing people they didn't stop sowing. they did not he's betrayed they take him away but after he's betrayed I want you to see this part he's deserted we look at Judas and we say I can't believe that Mark Mark is a urban colloquialism that means that fellow that did not act in an appropriate way when you say Mark I, I don't, it's not Mark it's Mark M-A-R-H-K mark I need y'all to read your Bible and when you say it when you say it 1115 you can't just say it you got to do the hand movement with it that mark come on let's practice come on I'm trying to teach you the word come on come on that mark some of y'all you don't even need to say certain stuff to certain people anymore you just do the hand movement just say just tell them it's sign language it's for you Pay attention. He's been deserted. We look at Judas. But look what the Bible says in Mark. The Bible says that all of his disciples abandoned him and fled. Everybody left him. Everybody dropped him. Because it no longer looked convenient for them. It no longer looked like they were going to get anything out of it. It is a challenging feeling when you feel so used that when people feel like they can't get anything else out of you. So Jesus in his miserable moment. Look at me, eleven fifteen. He's by himself. Everybody deserts him. Everybody flees. Everybody scatters. And Jesus is standing there by himself. So now watch me. You, you think that's enough. Now he's got to shed his blood. Watch me. He sheds his blood in the garden of Gethsemane. He said his blood when they beat him. He said his blood when they put the crown of thorns on his head. He said his blood when they pierced his hands. He said his blood when they pierced his feet. He said his blood when they pierced his side. Now, here's what's significant. The Bible says that blood is an instrument of redemption. This means every place Jesus said his blood, he was buying something for us. Why did he shed his blood in a garden? He set his blood in a garden because Adam gave up authority in a garden. So when he says "this blood in the garden, what is he doing? He's buying back authority for us. <laughs> he says his blood when they put the 39 stripes on his back. Why? Because the Bible says with his stripes we would be healed. So he was purchasing healing for you. This is why you don't have to wonder, I wonder if God wants me healed. I'm not wondering if he does. I already know that he does. Why? He already paid for this. <laughs> he said "just blood when they put a crown of thorns on his head. And when they put a crown of thorns on his head, the Bible, watch me, makes it clear the blood begins to rush down his face. Well, what is it covering when it rushes down his face? His ears, his eyes, his nose, his skin, his mouth. What are those? Your senses. The Bible says we walk by faith, not by sight, which means senses. So he was buying for me the ability to walk by faith, which means I don't have to go based on what I see. Why? Because he bought the ability for me to go based on what he said. And see, for some of y'all, you feel crazy because you're like, I'm out here trusting God, doing stuff I thought I'd never do. And you feel crazy because your senses don't match what he said. Then, watch me, watch me, watch me. Not only did they put the crown of thorns on his head, watch me, they pierced his hands. Why? So whatever we touch, it will prosper. This is why you didn't have that great of an idea, but because it was your idea, he touched it. People ask you, how are you succeeding? And you're like, to be honest, I, I don't really have a, a marketing plan. I don't have this. I don't have that. But I'm succeeding. Why? Because whatever I touch, he makes it prosper. I wish you'd look over at your hands and just say, whatever I touch, he makes it prosper. 11, 15, come on, open your mouth and say, whatever I touch, he makes it prosper. Then they pierced his feet there's a biblical principle we're almost done there's a biblical principle that says Joshua chapter 1 it says wherever your soul of your foot shall tread it'll be given unto you which means there's certain things you have to put your foot on throughout your life how many of us let me ask this question you ever gone through different stages and places in life and when you look back you were like why did I do that Why did I have to work that job? Why did I live in that city? Why did I make that move? Why did I do that? Why was I over here? Why did I get in my car and just drive and then drive over here? Why did I walk into his house? Why did I walk to this car lot? Why did I go to this? Why did I go to that? There's certain things you have to put your foot on because whatever your foot touches, watch me, the Bible says he's redeemed that for you. So for many of you, you've been doing things and going places. You're like, I have no clue why I'm even going there. God says, I need you to put your foot on it because when you put your foot on it, you're activating the fact that I've already purchased that for you. Then they pierced his side. This is when, this is when they actually exterminated his human life because they pierced his heart. And watch me, this represents internal issues because he began to have internal bleeding. Pay attention. He paid the price for all of the internal issues that we would deal with. Because for some of y'all watch me, money's not your problem. Mm -mm. Mm -mm. Family ain't your problem. No, you want to know what your thing is? Is you have internal battles. You have internal fights and internal struggles. And when you want to go right, left is like, let's go. When you want to go up, down is like, let's go. You have internal battles and struggle. That Jesus said, I have paid the price for that already. He sheds his blood. How does he shed his blood? By himself? Look at me. When you're bleeding, one of the most painful parts of bleeding, what does blood represent? Life. One of the most painful parts of bleeding is you have to do it by yourself. Let me prove it to you. You can get on the phone and talk to other people about what you're going through and you may feel good in the moment, but the truth is, is that they don't really get it. Where are the real people at? You, you can tell people something, but you're like, they don't really get it. They don't really understand it because they're not in my shoes. It's easy for you to say what I should do, but you're not the one dealing with my wounds in my shoes. You're not the one that's bleeding. You're not the one that's got to walk around and cover yourself while you're trying to keep it moving. You're not the one that's got to bleed and lead at the same time. You're not the And now it's dark because the Bible says in Luke 23 and 44, by this time it was about noon. And darkness fell across the whole land until three o'clock. For three hours it's dark. Say for three hours, three hours. it's dark. Three when it's supposed to be the brightest light. Sun is at its height at noon. And for three hours, it's dark. For three hours, nothing is happening. For three hours, he's in agony. Look at me. It is a miserable moment. You're not listening. It is a miserable moment. This was not his forever. This is not how this was gonna end for him. It was just a miserable moment. Look at me, whatever challenges you're facing now, they are moments, they are not permanent. I need you to fist bump somebody and say this thing with authority. Come on, tell them, say this is just a moment. Come on, let's go old school, say, trouble ain't gonna last always. You're only gonna have your staffing issues for just a moment. You're only gonna have your financial issues for just a moment. You're only gonna have those emotional issues for just a moment. This is not gonna last always. Matter of fact, by the end of this month, you're gonna be looking back saying, look at what the Lord has done. Why? your sequel has already been scheduled open your mouth say my sequel has been scheduled look verse 46 then Jesus shouted now watch me why y'all so loud at harvest in the midst of Jesus miserable moment do you want to know what he did he shouted 11-15 In his miserable moment, he didn't cry, and the Bible records that two times Jesus wept. In his miserable moment, he was like, this is not going to get the best of me. In his miserable moment, he said, I'm not going out like this. Your shout is a form of praise your shout calls things that are out of order into order I just need to challenge those of us on campus and online do what your savior did in the midst of a miserable moment he come on 1115 come on 1115 it doesn't make sense but it makes faith it doesn't make sense but it makes faith somebody say he shouted what he said when he shouted father i entrust my spirit into your hands in miserable moments you have to trust him and that's not deep but it's difficult that's not deep but it- when i used to hear that in church i used to get so ticked off because i'm like what does that mean well okay trust him just trust the lord you're about to trust him like what does that mean here's, here's what trust means here's what trust means somebody over here got cash come on I need somebody. I'll get back to you. Thank you, sir. I'm going to get back to you. Thank you, sir. I got you. I got you. Thank you, sir. Come on here. You ready? Here's trust. Here's trust. You ready? Here's trust. Here's trust. Now, this is going to be in his hands. You ready? Now, pay attention. Here's trust. Let me get that up off of you. I'll be back. Here's trust. Trust is, I can't trace you. I don't even. I don't even. Matter fact, I don't even know where you at. I don't see you. I don't feel you. In fact, I feel foolish because I. Watch me. You got my seed, and then you a ghost. You got me to speak life, and now all I see is death. You you, you got me to sow something financially, and now it looks like I'm in the midst of a financial challenge. You, You got my seed, and you disappeared. Trust says, but he did not leave me. He did not leave me out here by myself. Trust says, even though I don't see him, I believe he's preparing a sequel for me. For three days, nobody thought anything good was going to come up out of that tomb. But early one Sunday morning, the sequel showed up. 11.15, can I tell you how you trust him? I keep on believing that my sequel is about to show up. I can't trace him, but I trust him. I don't know what he's doing, but I believe that he that has begun a good work in me, shall complete it unto the day of Christ Jesus. Somebody tell the Lord. Say, Lord, I trust you. That's not deep. That's not deep. That's not deep. But that's difficult. <laughs> that's not deep. But that's difficult. Could you imagine? Look at me. Could you imagine? I said this at the 15. Somebody telling you they're going to run to the store and be right back? And now you know how far the store is. You're like, this should be a 15-minute drive. But then you take time, you take time, it's 30 minutes. Listen, I'm this type of person. I figure, look, I know how long it to take you to do stuff. Sometimes people do stuff for me, and they take long to do it. And I'd be like, where'd you go? I'd be like, what did you do? Did you go all I sent you to do was give me some raspberries. Did you go to the raspberry farm? Yeah, I don't. What did you do? It don't take that long. Did you pick them yourself? Oh, I know why it took oh, I know why it took so long. You had to change it to your farming outfit so you go pick them yourself. Like, did you crush the peanut butter yourself? <laughs> I love them. God, why is this taking so long? What is the problem? And when Jesus said, I trust you, look at what the next thing that happens. And with those words, he breathed his last. What happened? He became a seed. For many of you, in your miserable moments, here's what he wants to hear from you, that you trust him. Come on, tell them. Say, I trust you, Lord. I trust that you got a plan that's working. I trust that you're not going to let people who are lying on me get away with it. Come on, what is your situation? I trust that you're going to get this family together. I trust that you're going to make things work. To, I trust you. I don't know how, but the how is not my responsibility. It is only my job to release my seed. And how I handle my miserable moment, it is a seed. Tell them, 1115, say, I trust you. Look at verse 20, Luke 24 and 1. But very early on a Sunday morning, it said we're done. We were old school Baptists. We said early on a Sunday morning. we're not doing that. Stop. This is Denver. They're going to think I'm having a medical emergency. They're going to get the nurses from outside to try to come in. Listen. But very early on a Sunday morning, 2,022 years ago to this day, There were some women that took spices to the tomb because they were like, we're going to anoint his body because he's gone. It's over. There are certain people who are trying to have eulogies for you. Remember when? See, you need people that are going to be talking about your future, not your past. Remember back in the night? No, I do not remember that. Matter of fact, I'm excited about my future. Don't you act like my past is the best. Matter of, matter of fact, my future looks amazing. Very early on a Sunday morning, the women went to the tomb taking the spices they had prepared. And the next verse, please. It says, they found that the stone had been rolled away from the entrance. <laughs> it's, it's, wait a minute. Now, the last time they saw it, it was, they had him locked up. It was over. You know what they were supposed to do? Break his legs. After they pierced him in the side, the soldiers said, let's not even break his legs. It's not worth it. They thought, pay attention, that they weren't breaking his legs because it would have been overkill. They didn't realize they couldn't break his legs because he was about to walk out. This is about to make me shout. Let me tell you to shout. Here's your shout. Say, where's my shout, Bishop? Watch me. The thing that you have left is the only thing that you need for your sequel. They didn't break his legs. Watch me, and there's certain things that God left in your life because that's all you're going to need for your sequel. God, you're complaining and you're saying, all I have left is this. And God says, that's because that's what you need for your sequel. You keep saying all I have is this. Well, that's all you need for your sequel. He didn't let them touch what you were gonna need for your sequel. That makes me shout. They found that the son had been rolled away from the entrance. Look at the next part. It says so they went in, and this is deep because when Luke tells the story, Luke is a doctor. So when Luke tells the story, he gives details others don't. Bible says the, the ladies go in. Come here, you, you ladies. Come on, go on in there. Go on in there. There you go. Yeah. You got Mary, Mary Magdalene. You got, you got boots. <laughs> We're done, everything. They go in there, and they're like, he's not in there. There are people that are looking for you in a place you no longer occupy. They're used to seeing you in a negative place. I ain't there no more. They're used to seeing you in a discouraged place. You're not there anymore. They're used to seeing you uh, in a negative situation. You're not there anymore. Look at the screen. So they went in, but they didn't find the body of the Lord Jesus. And then it goes on to say, goes on to say, Then the men asked, why are you looking among the dead for someone who is alive? Lay your hands on yourself. Say your sequel is scheduled. They're looking for you in your last disappointing business venture. They ain't going to find you there. They're looking for you in your last disappointing relationship. They're not going to find you there. They're looking for you in your last disappointing family situation. They're not going to find you there. Why? I'm not there anymore. My sequel has been scheduled. And today, Resurrection Someday is proof that my sequel is on schedule. Look at verse 6. He isn't here. Say your name. You're not there. So y'all can come on out because you ain't going to find nothing in there. You're not going to find anything. Well, aren't you still upset about what so-and-so did? No. You're not going to find me in there. Why well, aren't you upset about this? No. You're not going to find me in there. He is risen from the dead. Lay your hands to yourself. We're done. Say, I'm getting up. Because he got up. Look at the last verse. Remember what he told you. In a miserable moment, you got to remember the word. This is why we come to church. Why do we come to church? We come to church so that we can see what he said, so we can remember what he said in miserable moments. Look at me. Not just miserable moments. Because some people think you only need the Lord if you're struggling. You only need the Lord if you're in the midst of a challenge. No, 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 no. You need him every day, every situation. I don't care if you're a millionaire or if you got $4 in the bank. I don't care if you're a job creator or you're currently looking for a job. I don't care if you got postings on Indeed or you own Indeed trying to get a posting. Never think that Jesus is only for people who are going through something because I don't care how much money you have, you will face miserable moments. but it's just a moment with your heads bowed and eyes closed in this building and online if today you need to give your life to jesus you need to be that seed today and if you need to give your life to the lord today this is your moment secondly if you've given your life to the lord but you've not been faithful to him this is your moment thirdly if you're like Bishop foreman i don't know where things stand with god but i want to be sure it's your moment to be sure no guilt no condemnation no shame I pray that today this word came across as simplistic as it is, that he's the God of your sequel. Your next is better than your previous and your present. And here's what's amazing. You're doing great now. But wait until you see what he does in your future. You need to become a Christian. recommit yourself to the Lord. When I count the three in this building, I'm just going to ask you to slip your hand up and leave it up for a few seconds. Bishop, why do I have to do that publicly? Why can't I just do it silently in my heart? Because he didn't say do it that way. He's, you, we, have a, we have a God, not a genie. See, a genie serves you. A God is someone you serve. He said, if you deny me publicly, he deny you publicly. I don't know about you, but I don't, don't want to be the one trying to get into the party. Talking about, I know Jesus, I know Jesus, I know Jesus. And Jesus be like, well, I don't know you though. Y'all not saying nothing left to I need you to make sure that when you show up to the gate, you get in the party. You need to become a Christian. Recommit yourself to the Lord or be sure on three in this building your hands gonna go up online do the hand wave emoji and say it's me one no guilt no condemnation no shame. two I'm looking at you on campus I'm looking at you online one two three if that's you hands up in this building and if that's you online do that hand wave emoji and say it's me everybody pray this prayer with me everybody say Father thank you for dying in my place thank you for your love for me I confess it with my mouth I believe in my heart that you are my Lord and my Savior. You're the God of a sequel, of my sequel. My next will be better than my past or my previous and my present. I'm excited about my future because you are excited about my future. In Jesus' name, amen. Listen, if you just prayed that prayer for the first time or recommitted yourself to the Lord, take out your phone, scan that QR code that's on there or text the word DECISION to 877-552-4746.
1: Did you make a decision to become a Christian for the first time or recommit your life to Jesus? We want to help you make Christianity a lifestyle and not just a hobby. So just text the word DECISION to 877-552-4746 and we'll send simple next steps so you know what to do next. We're praying for you, and congratulations. Remember, your faithful giving is how we continue to bring life-giving messages like these to you. So bless what blesses you in our app or online at www.harvestchurch.church forward slash give. Remember to love God, love people, and love life.
0: Experiences are what people love the most about travel. That's why they love Viator.